My brothers and my sisters, uh, we have gathered here today for another Humble Podcast Brag Podcast with your host, uh, Zachary Dupre. Yo, what is up? Can you hear me? Oh. Yo, can you hear me? What up? Yeah. What up? Yeah, I can hear you, dude. Finally. Finally, yeah. It took a minute. I had to remember the old tactic of uh, keeping the old, open. Yeah. <laughs> but it yeah. Takes a little bit. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. So what's cracking in your neck of the woods? I mean, my neck of the woods just got off work, you know, ate some din-din. And that's yeah. about it. Gotta love some din din, man. Nothing quite like a little bit of din din in your life. Hey, <laughs> some of that. What, what you know about that Campbell soup? <laughs> no shit. What you know about ramen noodles and fucking cooking <laughs> shit? What you know about cooking shit in the air fryer that they hooked you up with at work on Christmas? They got me an air fryer, dude. And now I make, I make fucking chicken strips and French fries in that bitch, and I eat a lot more vegetables now because I'm trying to be a good old man and try to fucking get my health back into it decent situation wait they they hooked you up with the air you cooked vegetables in that bitch no they have vegetables in the microwave but i cooked the fucking chicken and the uh, french fries up in the air fryer dude they get them all crispy oh dude it's lit Lit it's about 10 minutes what five minutes you flip over yeah 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 it's done yeah you do about 10 minutes each side it's good shit man it's good shit yeah, them air fryers are fucking sweet. Gotta love an air fryer, dude. Mine's kind of lower end, but they they did up at work hook me up for Christmas with a something that's been feeding me daily for months now. You can't complain uh, about that. <laughs> no, it got me off of the ramen noodle diet for a little bit, so that's what's up. <laughs> so what's what's been going on with you, brother? Man, all kind of shit. Man, we talked about some of it before the. Before the podcast started, which we're not going to go into on here, but, you know, it's just been crazy yeah. up up and down emotional roller coasters for me, dude. Just like always, my whole life's an emotional roller coaster, so. Yeah, but it, it's your theme park. You got to scream somehow, you know? That's what's up, yeah. I'm going to, I mean, if I'm going to go down a fucking flashback dude remember the flashback at fucking six flags dude the the fucking roller coaster that would go forward the whole way and then go back and then go away then go backwards yeah that bitch scared the fuck out of me that's kind of what it's all about dude it's just fucking taking life like that and just backtracking over shit and then coming back up and backtracking over shit again and I think someone died on that fucking roller coaster, and that's why they took it away it's not there anymore somebody's legs got fucking severed on the Superman dude yeah, really? Yeah, fucking. <laughs> they launched it up, and somehow some legs got caught up, dude, and some legs got torn apart and fucking fell to the ground hundreds of feet, dude, splattering onto the fucking pavement below the Superman, dude. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine like going to an amusement park and thinking it's gonna be a good fucking day? Yeah. And you, you come home with no legs. <laughs> All right, so let's just go ahead and fucking talk about my anxiety more and tell you that I was an older man before I was able to get on roller coasters, dude, because that was my exact thoughts always. It's like, oh, we're having a great day. We got to go to Six Flags. This shit's going to be lit. But in the back of my mind, it was always, 
gonna get killed on one of these rides. Something's gonna kill me for sure. Like the things we're doing out here at this motherfucking amusement park aren't safe. <laughs> we going four hundred feet up in the air and then coming straight down yeah. on the Titan. That's a little scary. I dated a chick that used to get on the Batman and black out every time, and she was like, "I love blacking what? out on the Batman. I love blacking out when I'm on the black the Batman." And I was like, "Dude, you got some weird fetishes, dude. Who wants that to was our black king? out? What?" That was her fucking kink, was like blacking on the Batman. Yeah, she was into that. I, I mean, fucking, I thought it was, shit was crazy as fuck. I was like, dude, I'm too anxious and panicky to fucking think that blacking out's a cool idea. <laughs> fuck that. I'm gonna wake up from that shit saying, God damn, am I in? Yeah. Am I in hell? Like, where did I end up? Like, you know, the Batman's it, the one where your legs dangle, right? Yeah, your legs dangle. That's another place to get your fucking legs snagged on some shit and get it torn <laughs> off. Yeah. Yeah, fucking the Batman my is great though. My favorite was always like, remember going? You ever ride uh, the Mister Freeze ride? Oh yeah, yeah, shit's badass. How you like? You go inside that building to wait for the fucking ride and just hear people just screaming because yeah. it takes off so fast. Dude, yeah, it's pretty terrifying, man. It's pretty terrifying, especially when I wrote it for the first time. But it was I was in my 20s before I would even get on roller coasters, dude. And now it's like every time I go back to Six Flags, it's usually a few years between the times that I go now. And I, I still have that nervousness and shit when I'm standing in line for a ride that I've already ridden. I know how it's going to go and everything, but I'm still like maybe this time I won't be able to handle it. Maybe I'll have a panic attack in the line or something like I'm, I'm just way too on edge of an individual to deal with fucking risk taking and daredevil type shit, man. Dude. I, I always loved roller coasters. I hated heights as a kid. Oh yeah. But I could, I could go on roller coasters. The one thing that fucked me up one time was I was at a water park and they had a thing called the toilet bowl. I went in the water and like I didn't know what yeah. it was. Hey, hey, do you got decent service right now? Yeah. Because you keep cutting out and turning into a robot and shit like it happened on the last podcast that we did. So I don't want the whole thing to just end up becoming, you know, static and bullshit. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Do you got me on speaker or something? But yeah, it's always on speaker. Okay, yeah, that's how I do too. But yeah, if you go to robot now again, fucking going Android on my ass, then I'm definitely gonna fucking tell you, like, hey, <laughs> we should we should pause this shit and pick back up robot Android. Speaking of one of your songs, yeah, Android Nemesis. Synthesis <laughs> of words in my jaw, spit venom, hiss, curl up, scoop my girl up, feel better. Do you remember all your lyrics? Uh, I'm not one of them people that remembers every word I ever said. Like some people can get on stage and fucking perform songs they wrote years ago and shit. But if when I listen to the cookie thing now, if I ever do, like I'm I'm sitting there stumbling over my own lyrics, like not the whole time. I know most of them, but I couldn't get on stage and perform fucking, you know, uh, double speak right now. You know, <laughs> right, I don't. I got to practice that stuff for a few, like, you know, a few weeks ahead of time. Like, and that's what I do before I'm going to go in the studio and record anything is practice for a few weeks. Every morning I do my same morning routine, kind of drive around and, uh, you know, pick up something to drink and kind of drive around and uh, practice, you know, 
songs that I've already written, you know, because I know that coming up, I'm going to be getting in the studio and I want to be a hundred percent prepared and know every single word and know the way that I'm going to spit it and everything. So I, I, I do a lot of practicing, but the older shit, like I never performed any of it on stage or anything like that. And I, you know, fucking dealt with it in that way. It was always just in the studio. So I don't, I don't practice with the intent of I'm going to get on stage and do this. Cause that's never been my intention. I'm not a, I'm not a fucking, uh, you know, a showman. Like a live performance. Yeah. I'm just a studio musician, man. Just, a, just, a, just the old stoop musician. Oh, uh, so speaking of studio time, you had a couple, when did you record this new, you had this new album coming out or it just came out. Yeah. When did it drop? March first? Uh, no, f- uh, February twenty seventh. It was a Saturday. We we were gonna. Oh, the day before my birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah! What well, you're on it? You're a leap year motherfucker, then, huh? No. Almost. Almost. Yeah. Almost. Okay, so there's a story behind that. Whenever on isolating the original isolating that I did, there's a part where um my brother gets on there and he does like a spoken word rap kind of thing. And he talks about Chansey boy. I'm nine and three quarters years old and shit like that. And what that spawned from was me and me and Taylor were sitting on a fucking well doing flow back out in the oil field, dude. And we were just sitting there and we had been up pulling a night shift together all night, dude. And one of the pumpers was fucking Chance Sanders, dude. And we (laughs) we just made this ongoing fucking inside joke about the fact that like what if this dude was born on february 29th and so he's only like nine and three quarters years old at this point (laughs) you know like what if he's only that old technically because his birthday only happens every four years four years (laughs) what was the bar called what did taylor say he said something of Chansey boy. I'm nine and three quarters. <laughs> and that's what we talked about was how he was like hard when he came out there. He was trying to be hard and shit. And he, we talked about how uh, he, he was Chansey boy. And I'm nine and three quarters, but I'll still whip your ass. <laughs> you know, <laughs> dude, that's hilarious. Dude, it was funny. And between the two of us, it was extremely funny because we were delirious at that point. And we had, uh, you know, not slept for fucking. 48 hours seemed like you know so we thought that shit was hilarious dude so whenever my brother got on isolating on uh, i think this song is price to pay at the beginning of it he's uh saying some nonsense you know and it's it's basically an inside joke that only him and i know so i just always thought that it'd be cool to have him do something like that on the cd so it's always a moment that when we listen to to it we both know what he's talking about you you going robot on me again. You going Android. Can you hear me now? Well, yeah, it's better now. I don't know what okay. you keep doing, but I don't know. It ain't me. Hopefully it ain't gonna, you know, end up like the last one did where fucking all the audio was off and shit, but we'll figure it out. You know, I just don't wanna have this amazing episode not get to get posted and shit. Because I know people want to hear this shit. So tell me about your new album. How did it get started? Okay. What's it called? Okay. The new album is called Mad Bars, and it's by Auditory Hallucinations. Auditory Hallucinations is me and Brady, which is Javelin and B-Raid. So it's just a duo. It's just me combining powers with another 
like-minded individual that spits mad bars. And so the album's Mad Bars, and fucking, you know, we it, it all started out as the song Mad Bars that we did like four years ago. We sat down, and we used to get together all the time to do acoustic music, and we also would uh, do raps together because we were both giant fans of both of those genres of kind of music. And so we wrote some songs together, and uh, this was in the aftermath of Nostalgia, the CD that I made. You know, the the verses that he features on on that CD were like some of the first times we ever rapped together. And so in the following like year after that, we got together way more, and we were like, dude, as a combination of the two of us, like we got a pretty good element between the two of us and a synergy whenever we rap. So we need to start making songs together. So we did, and we made like a video for Mad Bars, like where we're in a fucking uh, garage spitting it into the fucking, you know, uh, iPhone camera or whatever. And there's like a pink little bicycle in the background because I was dating a chick that had kids at the time. And uh, it just turned out to be fucking sweet. Like it got like 1,500 views in like three days. And like, I guess people really either thought it either they were getting a laugh out of it because we were in a fucking garage being silly white rappers or. Or they thought it was sick. I don't know. But people were sharing it. And it, it like, I don't know, in, in a small way, it kind of blew up or whatever. And so we knew then, like, we need to make more songs together. And so over the years, we continued to do that. We continued to make, you know, songs together just here and there when we could. He's moved around several times and he's married now. And it's just been this situation of we haven't always been on the same page at the same moment when we can write things. But we finally got a collection of songs together. And when I recorded Isolating 2 out in Oklahoma with him about five months ago or so, um, we also recorded that Matt Barr CD and because uh, we had all the songs ready to go. He had sent me like three song ideas that he came up with in around those months and everything. And we just completed the whole thing. And it was like, dude, this is going to be a, you know, an eight song cd here we're going to try to keep it a little shorter because the attention span of the, this new generation is shorter you know what i mean we don't want to have a 45 minute long cd right. we want to have something that has replay value because most people's commute to work on average is about 30 minutes or something like that so you know maybe they can jam it on the way to work on the way home or whatever so it's all about for me trying to come up with new ways to stay with the trends that are going on and i've been hearing stuff you know eps and stuff like that that are like 15 minutes long and you play them and if it's good enough quality you just want to keep listening to it because it's you don't have to invest an hour of your time into it there's not always going to be those two or three songs at the end that you never hear because you already reached your destination in your car or whatever you know but right. so we did mad bars we recorded it at the same time as isolating when we recorded those two CDs. Um, I mean, I laid down all my vocals for isolating two in four hours. I think because I had practiced it so much, I laid everything down, including the ad libs, the backing vocals, the, the singing parts, everything within like four, Damn, that's crazy. within like four hours, the whole CD was done. And there's like 14 songs on that bitch. And uh, and then the next day I was starting to get fucking pains in my throat and shit from just constant, you know, from the constant strain on my vocals. And so I took like this, uh, whatever that stuff is, some kind of shit to clear up my throat or whatever. And I thought, dude, when we go to do this next CD, it's going to suck. 
I'm not going to be able to hang and this trip's going to be wasted because it's so hard for us to get together. And then next thing I know, we fucking pump out mad bars and I get all my verses on it. He gets all his and everything gets laid down. And so at the time that all that right after that happened, I posted on my socials that, you know, I had just recorded two CDs. And so then I released Isolating 2. And I don't know if anybody cared, but if some people might have been wondering, like, what's this other CD that he made? And so finally, you know, that was Mad Bars was what we had made. And finally, we were able to uh, release that the other day. So so the so, so the cum helped you pretty much with, with your vocals. What what helped me? The cum. The what? The cum. What do you mean? Oh, <laughs> it, it was a joke. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, yeah. I just was like, "What is he really saying?" I had cum in my throat when I was rapping. Yeah, that's probably what most people that listen to my shit think. They're like, "Yeah, this fucking weird, you know, white rapper's just fucking full of throat cum the whole time he's making CDs." <laughs> nah, dog. I've, so I've jammed it uh, three times now. Yeah, it, I I dig it. I front, like it a lot. Front to back, like jamming the whole thing all in one. Oh yeah, sitting. yeah. It's only thirty minutes. Yeah, it's not bad, huh? Yeah. Or twenty six, whatever it is, twenty six. Like right? It's like twenty eight, just over twenty eight minutes. And so I want to, you know, try to keep my future releases under that period of time. You know what I mean? So it's something that can easily be jammed on your way to work, or something that you can, you can hear all of it. You know what I mean? Rather than always having those few tracks at the end that you just never make it to. You know, because my intention with doing this shit is always to, to get, immerse you in an experience that's you listening to the full album at once. I don't want you to just pick a song from it and just be like, I'm going to jam that one. And that's really the only one I like. Like I want you to be immersed in the experience and take that journey with me through the CD and not just read one chapter over and over, but you know, uh, reading a book and fucking listen to an album. It's like there's chapters to that shit. Each song is right. a chapter and you know what I mean? And with what I did on the isolating duology on isolating one and two, was uh you know try to put together something that flows and has a uh an aesthetic to it throughout the whole thing so that you it's just all one big book you know what i mean it's not just a bunch of chapters that don't make sense when you hear them back to back like it's all one fluid me telling a story kind of thing but yeah that's cool what's uh what was your favorite track off of mad bars yeah Ooh, that's hard to say, man. I loved every one of them because it was just so amazing to have Brady on my shit with me, you know, because he's he's always been to me like my counterpoint, like my counterpart, like when it comes to rapping and shit, because I inspire him. He inspires me. You know, uh, I get people that have told me like, you know, I like your parts on there, but I don't really like Brady's. And I just think like, what the fuck is wrong with people, dude? Brady goes so hard. And he has such surreal lyrics that are just like, they're not, it's not right in your face, like, you know, coming out with, you know, uh, m you know, like metaphors and, and, you know, uh, tropes and bullshit just to try to appeal to people. But it's like spitting, like, you know, uh, abstract ideas as opposed to just, I'm going to spit the same thing everybody else does. And I'm going to hit you with quips and, you know, I'm going to use a bunch of pop Double culture like I'm not just going to use a bunch of pop culture references and do the same things everybody else is doing, but his shit has, has a more surreal 
aesthetic feel to it and you know he's throwing vocabulary in there and trying to hit you with really good cadences and shit like that so to anybody that thinks that you know brady's the weak link on the cd or something they're fucking out of their mind dude because brady drives me just as much as i drive him and like none of the shit i did on that cd would have been possible without me hearing his shit and being like dude i gotta try to top it and that's what it's always been about is just trying that's to what top it's about it. just trying like to top even it, if man. it's your best friend or your friend dude i'm gonna i'm gonna try to top your verse on that you know yeah <laughs> and me and brady have always had an energy between us ever since we started hanging out musically um of just respecting each other as musicians and for what we do and i'm not the guitarist he is and you know he may not be the rapper i am but we're we're just different in that aspect you know some of his lyrics hit me hard yeah and and they're really good and and i think with brady stuff you need to sit there and you need to jam what he's talking about listen to it multiple times that's what i had to do i think you need to sit there with brady's lyrics especially and look at the lyrics as you're listening to it and you know because there's so much he's got so much going on and so much he's talking about in such a short period of time sometimes it's, it's so like, fast you gotta listen and not hear it right yeah you that gotta, makes sense. and it, it helps if you're high and <laughs> just gonna be honest <laughs> yeah. if you're high and you're fucking listening to brady speak man on on raps like you're gonna pick up on your own because it's like a impressionist painting it's like a painting that much like this girl that I work with does these paintings and shit and they're real abstract and just crazy. And it's like, when you look at it, what does it make you feel like? You know what I mean? It's not right in your face. It's not, I'm looking at a painting that I've got in my house right now of hers. That's just abstract and just crazy and nuts. And it's like, how does that affect me when I look at it? As opposed to if I look over at this Death Note poster that I have on the wall and I know the characters, I know what it's from, I, I know the art style and everything. That's in your face direct. I know what that is. But when you look at an abstract painting and it's more impressionist, it's like what impression does it have on you? And I think with Brady's lyrics and everything, it's more about it's more about not knowing exactly what he's talking about but the impression and so i would say brady's style is more abstract and i try to you know some of my parts on mad bars are also me trying to be abstract and you know throw out some you know terminology and some elocution that most people aren't you know accustomed to maybe some words you ain't heard and shit and i don't want to seem pretentious but i like using words that you're not going to commonly hear in rap and showing off my vocabulary and shit that I'm educated in some ways, you know? So, um, <clears throat> my favorite song off the album has to be, um, the target. The target's uh, your favorite, huh? Yep. And why is uh, that? Uh, you hit, you hit your pockets. Y'all hit bo- both. Y'all hit y'all's pockets so well. And y'all rhymed. Um, on the snare drops, and it it it, just, it flowed it flowed well. Yeah, yeah. I think the best the highlight of that whole song is my lines terrify like they came right from Stephen King's wrist. Yeah, dude. That, I, that first your first four bars on that dude that that shit was it was you hit your pocket so well, and you hit the cadence perfectly with the snare drum. Right. That it, it just it it was beautiful. Hey, like, yeah. yeah. You know? But but to me that moment of being able to say that my lines are synonymous with Stephen King's lines, like I'm gonna horrify you with the shit I say. Right. Like I'm gonna 
I'm going to, I'm going to put fear in you with the shit I say. And everybody that really knows me know, knows I'm not that guy that's trying to put fear in people, but I want you to know through that javelin persona, like when it comes to these bars, like I'm not going to fuck around. I'm, I'm going to, I'm a horror film motherfucker. I'm going to drop a horror film on you. This shit's going to be like, hush. this shit's going to be like, (laughs) hush only you ain't deaf. You hearing everything. Yeah. (laughs) Talk about carrying shit. And I don't know if y'all know about that shout out to the movie Hush that was on Netflix about that deaf chick who had a fucking serial killer trying to kill her and she couldn't hear him and shit. So it's a fucking that's a good ass movie. If if you ain't seen that, then you ain't seen real horror because a lot of this horror shit lately is just in the past couple decades, this horror shit is just garbage. It's B rated garbage. But when you watch a movie like that with some real, you know, uh, interesting and original concepts, like you have a woman that cannot hear anything and she's being stalked by a serial killer and it's just that whole dynamic of like how does she escape him when she can't hear when he's coming and she can't hear you know any of those kind of things you know and so it's just that's an that's an intriguing movie that people should check out if if anybody even listens to this or cares about my opinion you know i haven't watched it yet is it it's pretty good it's good i don't like horror but anytime i think about the best horror movies that i've seen in the past 10 years or so hush is like the number one for me because it's original you know and that's the fucking that's the achilles heel of of fucking horror movies these days is that they all follow the same fucking concepts and bullshit it's always possession or serious killers or or you know uh you know phenomenon like paranormal bullshit it's just it always follows the same shit so when you got a deaf chick trying to outgun a fucking trying to outrun and outgun a fucking serial killer like to me that was an intriguing concept that i hadn't seen and i'm all about that and i've always been all about that is i don't want to see the same shit i always see so i immediately write off shit that people are like oh you should check this out it's a lot like this i'm like well if it's a lot like something i've already seen then i don't give a fuck about it you know (laughs) right unless it's well done you know what i mean i don't give a fuck about it right see i'm not big on horror either um I don't want like, like, uh, like, why would you want to be scared? But as somebody that is a naturally with panic disorder and everything is scared of everything all the time. Like, I don't want to sit there and have something scare me. I don't want to be, I don't want to feel those feelings. You know what I mean? But at the same time, the other end of it is that I think horror is just lame. Some of it scares yeah. me shit when I watch it and, you know, fucking i think jeepers creepers the original is what the original dog i think that's what gave me panic disorder dude because i can remember fucking having vivid horrid nightmares after watching that you know and just feeling having panic attacks over the movie i watched and shit like it was it it traumatized me dude and if i was to watch it now i'd be like why the fuck was i scared of this dumb shit you know what i mean but like i don't know i'm just not big into you know and and like so there's three aspects of it I think most horror is stupid. I don't want to just be scared. And I also am counterculture as fuck, as everybody probably knows. And when everybody jumps on this horror train and it's everybody always talking about, especially females, about, you know, oh, my God, if you don't like horror, then we won't vibe. It's like, yeah. It's like, dude. I just want to watch horror movies and drink pumpkin spice lattes. No shit. It's like, we're all into horror. That's what we all love is horror and shit. And I get a lot of that because my general demographic when it comes to females is like the 
more emo gothy type people and shit and that's no that's nothing bad on nobody i mean if that's the kind of shit you like cool whatever but like if i link up with some chick and get into some relationship and she's like we gotta watch horror movies all the time i'm gonna be like dude i'm fucking high right now i'm not trying to see, <laughs> yeah, I'm, not trying to see <laughs> I'm not trying to see somebody hack a human being into pieces with a fucking chainsaw and then eat the remains and fucking it's you know if i want horror my thing is if i want horror if i want real life straight up horror i go for fucking you know murder documentaries and shit like that but you, you know the some, real yeah, life some john wayne gacy on. type shit yeah, some fucking twisted shit. And I've seen all of them, dude. Murder docs used to be my shit. But the fucking crazy thing is my brother has his bachelor's in psychology. And he had to study serial killers and shit extensively when he was in school. And uh, so what I did for the longest time was watch and binge, you know, every murder documentary I could get my hands on. Every episode of everything. And it started to fuck with me, man. I started to like identify with killers and identify with some of the right. ways their minds work and shit like that. And it fucking it, it it scared me and shit. I was like, why would I? Why would I have any sympathy for these psychopaths and shit like that? You know what I mean? And I don't. And it's not because I'm I have any sort of weird fucked up tendencies or anything. It's just you know. And my brother told me once you you know just get immersed in that shit endlessly all the time like you, you start can't to, help but think about to, you know it starts to drive you crazy you know what i mean like it starts to literally fuck with your mind because you're delving into some deep shit where there's like child murderers and just fucked up shit you know what that, i mean that's and so Ted Bundy wasn't he was not a bad guy <laughs> i mean you're just immersing yourself in the ultimate darkness of the heart of human beings and it just like there's only so much you can take emotionally before you it just starts to wear on your thoughts and it's just like how can people be this fucked up and then you're also identifying with some of those aspects you know because we all have a dark side you know what i mean and we all have a side that everybody's had a situation where they're like i wouldn't care if that motherfucker died you know what i mean and of course we don't mean those things but Sometimes. you know every yeah, some people do mean those things, you know what I mean? And some people take action in order to end other people's lives, and it's fucking, oh, yeah. it's just like... They're like, I can never like, kill somebody. <laughs> like, no matter yeah, how dude, hard there's it no, If someone held a gun to my head and said, kill this person right now, or rape this person right now, I'd be like, uh, you know, I, I, I'd freeze. I'd be like, they'd be like, time's up, now it's time, you're getting shot in the head, and then I'd just get shot. Right. Because I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to fucking do these things and so it's like a you know sitting here watching these kind of things all the time it's just like i don't know it fucking gets you in a mindset of like how can people be be this terrible you know but it's it's, but it's so interesting because you're like okay yes. you're also thinking about okay how can this person be so fucking terrible and you you uh you want to learn more about that that mindset i guess i don't know i that's that's the way i look at it like okay how can how could have uh, Ted Bundy have done this to all these girls and shit? Well, I watched, you know, two-hour documentary on him. You're like, oh, I, I get it, but I don't get it. You know what I mean? But when you start to identify things about your own psyche and shit with these killers and stuff is when it starts to scare you. You know what I mean? It starts to make you think any bad thoughts I have towards people, you know, at least for me personally, this is how it affected me was that, when I would have bad thoughts about people, somebody made me angry or something like that, I'd be like, 
what if I had the capacity somehow to against my will be a killer or something, you know what I mean? And it's, it's just kind of scary. Some people have the fucking stomach to deal with that kind of shit and just be horrified and terrified at all times. And like I said, I binged all these fucking documentaries for months and months. That's all I watched. And I was intrigued by all of it. And then it just kind of burned me out. And I was like, I'm sick of, you know, being scared right. of like the, the darkness of the heart of humans and shit like that. And I'm sick of, you know, uh, identifying and trying to sympathize sometimes with these people that are just fucked in the head and take lives and do fucked up shit, you know, but it's, it's such, it's such compelling television. You know what I mean? Like it, it plays on the human psychology and it makes you want to know more about like what drives people to do these kind of things, you know? And sometimes you make excuses for them and you say, well, this person's schizophrenic and shit. So they weren't completely in their right mind. And if you're a realist and you really look at it that way, you know, then it, it starts to make you think like, how could I possibly side with this person, even in the tiniest aspect? You know what I mean? This person's clearly a, a fucked up person. Anyway, we're going down a rabbit hole of bullshit, but all I'm saying is I don't fucking like to be scared. And so I've, I've gotten away from watching all kinds of murder docs and shit like that. But if, if it comes down to horror and I'm hanging out with a chick and she's like, let's watch fucking Halloween too. I'm like, bitch, nah, let's watch, let's watch fucking the golden state killer fucking go on a rampage and shit like that. I'd rather see that. That's real horror. That's the shit that keeps you up at night. It's happening in real life. Like it's, it's based on true events. It ain't some fictional nonsense that they can't ever write a worthwhile plot for. You oh, know it's what so I mean? terrible. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I, like they're coming out, I think they're coming out with a Scream 5. And I'm like, dude, I've, I've already seen this movie four fucking times already. <laughs> no shit. The original Scream came out when I was in like fucking junior high. And it dude. was good. Like, you're... Not gonna lie to you. The original was good. The original yeah. was good and it terrified me as a kid. Oh, yeah. Sure. Like the chick hanging by her guts from the tree at the beginning or whatever it was, like fucking yeah, it terrified me. The ring terrified me. Oh, I don't dude, know if a lot of people. The ring was the scariest shit to me when I was younger. I don't know if a lot of people know this, but maybe somebody will listening will know. But on the fucking uh, on the ring DVD, I remember being at my aunt's apartments in Arlington, and her next door neighbor was really cool. And we got to hang out at her next door neighbor's house one day, me and my brother, while she was away. And we put on the ring and uh, we watched the whole movie and it was terrifying. And then we watched the like deleted scenes. There was like a like some sort of weird trailer that showed all kinds of weird, you know, dark, horrifying imagery and shit. And at one point it shows a close up of a person pressing their pointer finger down on a nail and pushing the nail through their own finger until it just rips the fingernail off and everything. And I remember that being just like a visceral image that fucking haunted me for a while of just like how fucking, you know, just dark it was. Like somebody just pushing their finger down on a nail. Like, I don't know. I, to me, it was terrifying. I don't know if some people have seen it, but there's also parts in that little trailer where there's like a chair upside down just spinning through the air and, like it, it just the whole thing was just like the the movie isn't I don't remember the movie as much as I remember the those scenes from that, like those deleted scenes or whatever. And fucking, you know, 
I just, I don't fuck with that kind of shit anymore. I don't want to be scared. I'm too anxious of an individual. I just don't like that kind of stuff. Call me a pussy or whatever. I don't care, but, you know. Right. See, the movie that scared me growing up was uh, The Exorcist. And I'm not even really religious or anything like that, but that shit scared the fuck out of me. One movie that's a horror movie that's a banger that would terrify me to this day, but that I enjoy is uh, The Exorcism of Emily Rose. And I think I enjoy it mostly because my dad showed it to me. And my dad, throughout my whole life, has always been the one to show me the best movies. He knows all the best movies. And so when I was a kid, he was always showing us the best shit. And so I have strong ties to the shit that my dad showed me when I was younger. And one of the movies we watched, because we'd always rent DVDs and watch them on his little rinky-dink little flat screen when flat screens first came out. And we watched the exorcism of Emily Rose one day and dude, it fucking, it, it lit me up, dude. It scared me. And I, but it also intrigued me. So right after the movie was over, I went in my room at my dad's trailer and fucking hopped online and looked up all, all kinds of shit about possession and like, you know, all kinds of shit. I was just intrigued by the concept behind it, you know, because they did it so well, I thought. And I haven't seen that movie in years, so maybe if I saw it now, I would think it was lame. But I know that the effect it had on me back then was pretty profound, you know. Did you ever see uh, Constantine? Yeah, yeah. Long time ago. I haven't seen it in, that in shit a minute. Was, I guess it wasn't scary, really, but it was It was kind of like that a little bit. Wasn't it with Keanu? Keanu Reeves, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so. That, that shit Another... always intrigued me, too, the, the uh, like, I don't know, I get, what is that, possession type shit? Yeah. It's interesting, yeah. I guess. I'm not religious whatsoever anymore, so the terror that comes behind the devil, you know, possessing someone isn't there anymore for me, because I don't believe in the devil. But, right. But, you know, at the time when I was a kid and the belief system that I had, uh, you know, that was horrifying to me, and it, it really struck me. But nah, Jeepers Creepers is the one that gave me panic disorder. <laughs> Jeepers <dude>. fucking Creepers. <laughs> That's just... But anyway. Ugh. So, yeah. You, um, I've been watching your YouTubes a little bit. You heard me? And, uh, man, you got, you got these little, these little stories on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you, you call them the the bullshit story time that's and it and every time you release one i was like i gotta watch that real quick no matter what i'm doing and my friends are always like uh or my coworkers are like what the fuck are you watching like my friend he has a he has a story to tell <laughs> <laughs> you literally watch everyone oh fuck yeah hell yeah dude do you watch them on youtube or facebook sometimes both you know, sometimes yeah. I might miss one on Facebook and and then I'll look up your YouTube, you know, and, yeah. and I'll catch one. I'll be like, oh, I missed that one. So, yeah, yeah, I'll watch them all. That's what's up. Well, the whole thing about behind bullshit story time was just, you know, I just fucking, I don't know. I, I used to do on Snapchat these uh, Cooking with Kyle episodes. And I used to do them years ago when I lived in this apartment in Haltom City, but I lost all those files. I don't have those videos anymore. So... A few years ago, living in the apartment I live in now, I uh, I did some more cooking with Kyle episodes or whatever, and I had a I found Snapchat to be a really fun platform to 
do like shortcuts of, uh, you know, um, what I was trying to get across and just being silly and stupid. And so I, uh, you know, after I did the cooking with Kyle thing, I pretty much cooked every, you know, poor man's meal I could think of. So then I was like, dude, I want to do something new. And I I have a lot of fun on Snapchat. I like looking at myself because I'm fucking dead sexy and shit. (laughs) (laughs) But I like looking at myself doing stupid shit, you know, laughing at myself. A lot of the time it's just laughing at myself. And so I was like, I'm, I got a lot of interesting stories of shit I've been through, man, that I could start a whole series behind just me, you know, talking about this shit. And, you know, some people asked me, like, you call it bullshit story time. So are these all made up? And I was like, hell no, this is real shit. Like, I, I'd be a fucking genius if I could make this shit up. But that's what I was wondering. Lot- I was like, how do you remember all this shit? <laughs> It's sensationalized, of course, you know, but there's nothing made up in there. Like the things I'm talking about on these bullshit story times is shit that's really happened. But of course, I'm trying to make it more appealing through my facial expressions and the things I say and stuff like that. But no, these are real stories, real things that have happened in my life. And I got 25 more ready to drop on y'all, ready to drop on you. Because uh, uh, I sat there and I was like, Surely I got another 25 intriguing stories from my life that I could drop on some people. And sure enough, I came up with a list and I was like, that's season two right there. You know, so you break them down in the seasons. Well, just to be silly, you know what I mean? It's not like I'm sponsored by anybody. I'm just doing my own thing. Like well, I no, always but that's, do. that's a that's a dope concept, I, I think. I just try to come with the most original concepts I can, man, and try to be as original as I can. And I don't know if I succeed at it or not. I may just be carbon copied from all kinds of other shit, but I just try to do things that are off the wall and not that are atypical of what you usually see. And so whenever I did them 25 things, I was like, all right, let's call it good. And I'm going to call this season one because I knew I wanted to do more of them because it's just such a fun thing to do. And the reception on them is always pretty terrible. Like 90% of the reception on the bullshit story times is pretty terrible. Like I have people constantly blocking me or calling me out on Snapchat and telling me I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a wigger or I'm this or I'm that, or I'm an idiot or just whatever. And then they block me and stuff. But I have like a select amount of people that are like, dude, you need to keep making these. These are funny as fuck. And uh, so that's who I've always and I've always said this. I do it for the one percent because probably only one percent of the people that, you know, hear my shit are going to be like, oh, I really like that shit. You know what I mean? Whether they hear my raps or see me doing bullshit story time or see me doing art or whatever, like maybe one percent of people are actually going to be like, hey, I ride with that motherfucker. That's my ride or die right there. I'm going to watch everything he makes. You know, so it's that's who I do it for is the people that really appreciate it. Like you, like actually watching every BST and sitting there and jamming Mad Bars three times in a row and fucking really checking it out and getting to know about it and everything. You Bro, know? you've been my Goomba like, since like. I that's who I do it for. Like probably 11, 12 years or so. Yeah, dude. I'm always going to check out your shit. No yeah, matter for sure. What it is. That's what's amazing, dude. And Destiny's a huge fan too, man. When this Mad Bars came out, I had sent her a few tracks months ago after we recorded it uh, of just unmixed, you know, like pre-mixed songs and everything just to see what her feedback was. And she was like, these are sick as fuck. So whenever it really did drop and she got to hear the progression of it being mastered and 
and everything. Like she thought it was fucking dope as shit. Loved every moment of it. So big shout outs to the fucking Destiny Hicks for sure for loving our shit and fucking always supporting everything I do musically and everything I do in general. Like she's, good she's a good friend, man, and it's cool that this podcast. Like it's cool that this podcast brought it's us together. Dope. You know I, I mean? love that. That's awesome. That's cool as shit. <laughs> Cool shit, man. For sure. Oh. No, yeah. I'm taking that. <laughs> oh. What What else you got for me, man? Okay. So, do you have anything else in the fireplace cooking right now? It's funny that you call it the fireplace. Let me finish this piss real quick. Hold on. I'll pee in a lot because I'm drinking Same. a few beers tonight because I'm off work. I'm Dude, off work, so I'm Peter drinking a few. And... Besides me. God damn, that's awesome. I might, I, might, I might be indulging in my Emerald Savior a little bit too, which if anybody's got a brain stem, they know no what I'm what fucking talking, talking about. about but Emerald liquor. Savior? Liquor? I don't know. Oh, it has nothing to do with liquor. What is emerald? Gold, what dude. is emerald? No, it ain't. Huh? No, it ain't. Oh, it is green. Huh? Yeah. It's green crystals and gems. So what saved me this green? Oh, gotcha. Yep. There you go. That's what's up. And it, it always comes back around, man, because I've always been that type of person that, you know, I shouldn't be talking about it publicly, but I've always been that type of person that fucking – smokes weed for fucking, you know, a year or two, and then it starts to affect me in a way that's not great. And so I give it up for a year or two, and then I pick it back up and everything. And it's like, I think it has a lot to do with my bipolar disorder and the different phases that I get in. Because when I'm in a more depressed phase, maybe it seems like weed's better for me. But when I'm in a more manic phase, like it amps me up too much and like deal, it works on my panic disorder. And because of the disorders that I have that conflict with each other like it's hard to ever find any kind of substance or medication or anything that can help me in one way without fucking me up in another way you know what i mean so it's it's like a balancing act with with all this shit but but i'd be smoking weed again man and so it's I wish, the greatest feeling like dude. i can smoke weed i don't get drug tests or anything right now but i just haven't taken that that first step to actually taking a hit yet <laughs> And you used yeah, to be all about like, smoking weed, I, huh? I'm not going to lie. I, I love weed. But just lately, like, I don't know. Like, I want to, but I just I haven't taken that first step of taking a hit yet lately. So my story with it was about, uh, let's see, about a little over a year ago, um, I was smoking. Uh, a little over a year ago, I had been smoking for like two years straight. Um, every single day, constantly, all the time. I was always high. I did nothing sober, you know, as far as being being high. And so I just got to a point where I was like, I don't know if I want to be this dependent on something that I have to do it two, three times a day all the time. You know what I mean? And it just like, it started to wear on my anxiety a little bit, maybe because my bipolar mood shifted into a new phase or something like that. But I was just like, you know, I need to give this up. And it was really hard for me because it was something I had done every day for a year and a half, two years, you know, consistently. 
but I, I, I entirely gave it up and everything. I tossed my pipes and all that kind of shit. And then I, uh, so after that, I hung out with some friends who smoked weed and I tried to smoke weed once or twice after that, just casually, you know, with friends when I was out with friends and it had this terrible effect on me where I would take like one hit and I would go into a complete, you know, brutal yeah, panic so high, like, dude, I don't and it know was what it, so I, weird. I can't even think right now. Yeah, it was like my tolerance had dropped to absolute zero. And so all it took is like one hit and I was just gone. And so so it scared me. I was like, I don't want to induce my own panic attacks if I can avoid them. So for like a year, year and a half after that, up until recently, I I was like, I can't smoke. Like, I'm not going to smoke like because I'm too afraid of what's going to happen if I, you know, get high, you know, because with somebody like me, my, my main problem is hypervigilance, which is, uh, when you focus in too much on your, your own, uh, bodily, you know, functions that are going on, like you start focusing in too much on your heart rate and thinking like my heart's going to explode. Oh, or I'm shit. Have a heart attack. You actually go into that? Really? Yeah. Where I, and I start, and I start, you know, uh, fu- like thinking too deeply about my, uh, you know, like digestive no system shit. and everything I mean, and i just no start it's like I, it, it's like i collapse into myself and, I, and my mind just totally analyzes to the extreme every bodily function that happens to me and it's called hypervigilance it's being vigilant of your own uh bodily functions and shit to to the extreme to where you always think that your body's not working properly or your heart's not working properly or something. You're almost like up, paranoid. You know what I mean? So being in that might die almost kind of in a, in a sense. It's, it's like right. being terrified of yourself, being terrified, being terrified to be in your own body and not trusting it, that oh your my. body knows what it's doing. So in those, kind of, in those kind of States, whenever you introduce alcohol into it or weed or any kind of pills or anything like that, you immediately already have this idea in your mind that, uh, you know, whatever I put in my body is going to affect me in a certain way. And am I ready for the repercussions of focusing too much on that feeling? And so, you know, like you start, you start focusing in and analyzing on like, they talk about phantom pains, like, and a lot of people, you know, I would imagine everybody has these moments where that we don't talk about because nobody thinks anything of them but where it's like you feel little pains in your body that you don't really make any sense and then right. they just go and, away and you continue like, about your day but you, like yeah. in your mind you're still thinking like oh shit what, what the fuck was that <laughs> yeah and see for me it's when it's some kind of pain that just immediately goes away it's not a big deal but it, when it's like i would get chest pain or something like that i'd be like Oh, my heart is like, so I've done something wrong because, you know, I've done drugs in my life and shit like that. And, you know, pills mostly and just things I shouldn't have done that it makes me think like, you know, maybe I fucked myself up and I'm like dying at an early age. And just it's always it always centers around dying and not trusting that your body knows what it's doing and thinking that it's, you know, killing you. And it's a it's a fucked up state to be in. And this panic disorder, man, it's a it's panicking over things like that and then being unable to stop the next panic attack from happening because you're right. scared of it happening you know so it's just can i ask you this it's does, a fucked up um, thing but does alcohol make you feel like that 
Ye- not every time, but uh, it's probably the number one thing that triggers really? that kind of stuff, for sure. And nonetheless, I drink, but you know, I try to, I try to balance it with other healthy things that I do. You know what I mean? To try and like keep. I can understand how like vigilance how off of me can do that to you because like you get I, you get more paranoid on weed than you do versus alcohol. To me, in my experiences, true. Um, but weed makes me think about it deeper. If if that makes sense to you, right? Um, right alcohol, yeah. it really doesn't. Like if I drink, then it it doesn't make me feel like I'm gonna die necessarily. It just, uh, I don't know. It's the hangovers oh, really? that get me. Yeah, because it's it's that you anxiety get you get the next, the next day. day. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, oh. it's the hangovers the next day, and the way the way it affects me the day after that, you know, I have like this hangover anxiety that you know that they have. I'm pretty sure they have like medicines. Yeah, for that like shit five now, HTP and all that. I'm not the only one that's experiencing your hangovers. Do you yeah. did you drink liquor pretty hard? I don't really okay. ever drink liquor. Uh, occasionally I do, but I try to stay away from it. Beer's always been my all. thing growing up in the country and shit. Yeah, liquor's just it gets me there too quick when right. I'm not trying to be That's there that quick. You know what I mean? But, and I'm a I'm like a teetotaler <laughs> sometimes with shit. Where, yeah, I'm not trying to be fucking obliterated. There's occasions still where I'll, you know, drink some liquor or whatever. Like I was celebrating, you know, a recent thing, good thing that happened to me the other day at a at a bar or whatever. And, you know, there was this girl handing out shots that she made herself. She was like basically, you know, going around giving out shots for like two dollars a piece. And I drank some liquor then and I felt all right the next day. But if I take it too far, like it, it gives me the worst anxiety hangovers the next day that just are hard what, to deal with, dude. What the, what What happened to you that was good? You get some pussy? Well, we oh, talked about it yeah, yeah. before the yeah. podcast started, but but it it was something very fortunate for me that could have gone in a very bad way that I'm not going to speak about publicly. But it, it, it we, I was celebrating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I was yeah, celebrating because some good yeah. some good shit happened to me, dude. But I've been doing better, man. Like I've been hanging out with my stepbrother a lot. Big shout out to my stepbrother Caleb. Cause he's been like my wink. Yeah. I have a stepbrother. My dad remarried years ago and uh, he, she had a, a couple sons who we sort of grew up with for a few years. And uh, whenever I moved to Weatherford, I was handing out the original ice isolating CD and I was delivering pizza for pizza Hut at the time. And I delivered to Firestone and he was working there and he was like, dude, I haven't seen you in years. What's up? I gave him a CD and we've been talking ever since he's, my mechanic on my car, which my car is ultra important since I deliver for a living, you know, that's my office basically. So he's been my mechanic and just uh, somebody that I've been connected with for, you know, a couple years now. And it's cool. We reconnected, but now he's, he's recently single or whatever. So he's somebody that's real cool to go just out hang with. Out? We Dude, just wingman for dope. each other. Just hang out, drink. And it's just nice to have a friend like that. You know what I mean? Because I spend a lot of my time, just sitting here drinking in my apartment by myself and shit like that. Or, 
you know, sometimes having get togethers up at work and stuff like that, but mostly it's just me. So it's nice to have somebody to go out and feel like you're, you know, desirable to women in some way, you know, because all this dating app shit is like just a fucking That's what I was wasteland, dude. It just never How do you feel out. about the dating apps situations? It's a wasteland, dude. And I've been on them for fucking, you know, like two and a half years now every day because I'm addicted. I don't know why. But it just never pans out, man. It's always like, you know, something sparks up with somebody and then there's some kind of hang up or or they right. had they, a boyfriend they, the whole they, time and they, they just still didn't have tell you. That one fucking boyfriend, but they just went on a dating app. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. It's just it's always some kind of bullshit. And next, you're getting ghosted left and right and yep. you're ghosting people left and right because they're not what you want. And you don't get a chance to form a real connection with somebody That's in, like in the flesh people, you like know what i mean you're you're person. you know it's rare mm-hmm. nowadays but yeah 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 it is rare and it, it's how it should be and i'm i'm slowly learning and realizing that uh if i get into some kind of relationship in the future you know if somehow that happens for me i want it to be based around uh somebody i met in real life who I formed a real connection with over time and everything, as opposed to someone I met on a dating app who I don't know if I can trust them. They might catfish me. They might be playing with me and they got a boyfriend, you know, it's all kinds of games and bullshit. And I got to worry if they're going to ghost me or if they're going to tell me something I don't like, and I'm going to ghost them. And it's so hard for me being almost 32 to find anybody that doesn't have kids and doesn't have all kind of weird baggage and bullshit. And, you know, my only baggage really comes from the fact that I'm mentally ill and shit. But I don't I don't think I'm intolerable. Like, I think I'm somebody Motherfucker, that, you're you know, ill. a chick. Would, not, 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 not mentally ill. I think, way, a chi- like, I think you're dope as fuck. <laughs> like, I think a chick would be fucking, you know, uh, like, you know, uh, what's the word for it? She would be lucky to have somebody like me around because I, I, I'll be good to the right woman for sure. I always have been, but you know, it's all these fucking thoughts and stupid, dumb, basic bitches and shit on these apps that treat you like trash that think they're better than everybody and shit that just rubs me the wrong way. But when you find a good girl, like I've said before, like 95% of females, I'm not a fan of, but the 5% of them like are, are the best, some of the best human beings that exist. You know what I mean? Like better than a lot of men and shit. So when you meet somebody like that, it's like, dude, I really want to get to know this person and get close with them. And then nonetheless, you know, on these dating apps and shit, something or falls you apart. Right, or you stop, stop talking, talking to them. Or... Cause yeah, I know, I know exactly what you mean, dog. Yeah. So it, it progresses to a point where for somebody like me, I feel like, fuck, I'm 30, I'm almost 32. Like I'm trying to find somebody to really form a connection with. She can't have kids. She can't want kids. You know, I'm too specific on what I'm looking for and everything. And it doesn't all center around looks and shit like that. You know what I mean? But it does center around some of that. And it centers around, you know, somebody else's values that they want in life. And the main thing is I, I don't want nothing to do with kids. I've tried it out. I had a trial run and it ain't for me. And like, you know, like uh, there's just so little to choose from. Uh, when you're my age of people that don't have kids and don't want kids, you know? So when I form a connection with somebody that has those values, when it's, it falls it's apart, crumbling it's just to a you, crushing feeling. At I'm the like, same time though, you gotta be like, man, like someone's gotta be out there that doesn't have kids. <laughs> I feel the same way. Like I don't, I don't want a, a chick that has kids 
right now. You know, I'm just, it's not, not in my, right. uh, in my stage of my life where I like, if you have a kid, I, I don't want to be stepdaddy. I'm I'm not trying to be hurtful or no rude shit. or anything, yeah. but I, it's not in that point in my life where right. I want to play stepdaddy right now. You know? I'll, I'll tell you this from experience. It's the hardest thing you'll ever do. And it, it'll it'll wear down on you depending on who you are some people want to be the hero some people some dudes were born to be the hero and you know take on someone else's kids and shit but that ain't me i'm (laughs) an anti-hero dude i'm 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 the anti-hero i'm just doing shit i'm i'm doing good shit but it's usually just in the interest of making sure that it benefits me in some way you know what i mean and nothing benefited me in the way of you know, fucking raising somebody else's kids and missing out on the music, which is the most important thing to me and all that kind of stuff. The only benefits I had was that, yeah, I got to form relationships with kids, which was cool. And they were awesome. And I loved them and cared but for them and shit ended, like that. It was like, it at the same that time. relationship as well, which sucked in a, in a sense, you know? Right. And it's crushing because it's like you form that bond with a kid and then it's like losing your own kid and you never right. see him again. You know what I mean? They might as well have died because you never see him again. And, you know, I'm not the type that's just going to stay friends with a chick and see her kids every now and then yeah, when we're not that. together or anything. That's just going to fuck up my future possibilities with somebody that really does deserve my time. You know well, what I mean? I mean, maybe you'll get pizza there, you know, pretty soon, hopefully. Hopefully, man. Hopefully, I'm still waiting on that pizza there, dude. I'm still waiting on somebody to drop <laughs> trowel, and uh, by somebody, but some, by somebody, I mean a chick, a good-looking chick, to drop trowel at the doorway. But I had a crazy situation happen that I won't get too deep into. But I had a girl that I delivered pizza to with, within the last like two months, who stalked me on Facebook no, and wanted uh... to know everything about me and was like way, in. yeah, she was way into me and shit. So we ended up hanging out for a while. It didn't work out, and there's a whole lot of drama behind all that kind of shit that I don't really want to get into. It's a crazy story, and maybe, you know, after some time has passed, I'll get into it. But, you know, it was it was fucking nuts, dude. And it, it ended up falling apart in a pretty terrible way. And, you know, this was just a human being that I wish I never awesome. encountered, yes. you know. And it, 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 it seemed good, but it turned out very, very fucking bad. But it, but that's the story of my life lately as I get older and shit is just, you know, a series of flings that don't work out and, you know, all that kind of shit. And so I try to, you know, lately, especially since smoking weed again, I just try to think of it as like, why am I trying just so be hard? Your like, fucking self, I should dog. just be out here. Trying. Like, okay. And I know this sounds fucking cliche as shit, but someone will find you. You know what I mean? Like when the right time comes, dude. Yeah, eventually, happen. maybe. That sounds so stupid coming from a dude, but yeah. <laughs> but for right now, it's just like, you know, I'm so disillusioned and disenchanted by the whole the whole process of all of it that I'm just like checking out. Like, I'm like, why would I look for anything serious anymore when it's just right when I think I've found something that somebody that checks all the boxes, like even she's a piece of shit. You know what I mean? Like, it's just. It's just uh, exhausting to go through that all the time and to invest so much in that. And that's part of what smoking weed lately has been helping me do is not think that life's all about finding some special someone and shit, because it's really not that bad just doing my own thing. I can do whatever I want, whenever I want, 
You know, I don't have some because you could end up with some shitty human being, some shitty chick that's just going to, you know, fucking tear you down all the time and make you feel bad and fucking, you know, that would take away from the things I'm trying to achieve and the things I'm trying to do as a person, which is make more CDs and put more content out there and just try to get attention because I've always been one that's fucking like attention the whore. attention, you know. That's my next question is no, like, what, what's next for Javelin? What's next? Um, uh, with Javelin, I've got – a little while back, before this chick that stalked me on uh, social media after I delivered Wait, a pizza, kind of there was pizza another was girl it? that I got involved with. Oh, okay. oh, I have no idea. I can't remember. Oh, Something with mushrooms, <laughs> okay. I think. <laughs> but there was another chick that I got involved with who kind of did me real dirty and then said some dirty shit about me behind my back, like after the fact that I was just, you know, for sport and that I wasn't worth the fuck yet. She led me on to think that, you know, that she liked me and stuff. And, uh, and so after that, dude, I took a bunch of tramadol, hydrocodone and shit sat here and drank and fucking was trying to get over that. And I I listened to some of uh, Dalton's beats. That's Tizzy red. I listened to some of his beats and I was just like, dude, I sat down he yeah he should be and so i fucking sat down and i wrote eight songs within like a week and uh to to his new beats that he had sent me and i was like dude it's a rap this is some of the best shit i've ever written like i'd be i'd be amazed if people didn't if people heard this and said it was garbage you know what i mean because this shit is fire it's me going off all cylinders like you know totally different from the isolating you know kind of the laid back more depressed kind of feel of the concept and all that like this is this is just me spitting bars going hard and fucking you know getting back to the roots more of of just having fun with rap as opposed to trying to make it into a storyline and shit but yeah so the new cd uh in the next month or so i'm gonna get together with brady and basically it's a trifecta of shit going on we got dalton Tizzy Red providing the beats, uh, me providing all the vocals and the whole, you know, I'm the, I'm the lead vocalist. I'm the one doing all the raps. And then you got Brady who's doing all the mixing and mastering and actually recording me. So I'm going to try to invest some money uh, into this project because it's, because we're using Dalton's beats, it can actually be marketed. It can actually be sold. It can be put on every platform and shit, much like No My Ghost was. And so, um, you know, I'm really confident in the shit that's coming up. I've got cover art ready to go. I've got a single ready to go. Uh, me and Dalton, actually, just a moment ago, we're talking about, uh, you know, getting a visual visualizer together, some some kind of music video or something like that, something with me, you know, out in, out in nature doing something, you know, and so just something to tease it a little bit. But in the next, I'd say in the next six months, you'll see, you'll see another project from me that's uh that's going to be real lit. So hopefully y'all liked Mad Bars and uh just just know that I I'm still out here grinding. I still got material for days and like great shit to drop on you and and you you'd be remiss to say that, you know, the shit I'm Dog, doing is garbage for fucking, sure. I'll fucking pay for it. <laughs> some of that shit, dude. I'll I'll put up some money for that shit. It's dope. Hell yeah. Now I want to ask you something, and yeah. I don't think I've ever asked you this before, but do you 
right. When people say they're they're spitting bars, okay, a lot of people say that because they like to rap fast, like like uh, Eminem. Uh, rap got fast or Tech Nine fast. Do you right. do you like uh, rapping slower or faster? I guess. Uh, that's a good. That's a good question. Uh, um, I naturally try to rap fast because that's what the Tech Nine influence mostly is. What hit me when mm-hmm. I first started doing like the cookie thing, but. I wish that I could slow it down more and use less words and get my point across uh, in less right. phrases and shit. You know what I mean? But I'm always compelled to try to write fast and with vocab and like, you know, so I want to try to, that's what I tried to do on isolating was flow slower and try to get my point across in less words and stuff like that. Not make it all about chopping the whole time and kind of go in a direction of, kind of a new age thing that's not just everybody following right. tech or nine like and, or, and shit you know, like that like and that. trying to I, um, a lot of people think rapping fast yeah. is good bars but sometimes you got to be able to understand the bars <laughs> that's true and it's got to have you know i don't know like i want to in the future as i move forward get away from just having this uh you know, evolve as a rapper a little bit to where I'm not just always, you know, this chopper or whatever. And I think that isolating 100%. showed a lot of that, that I can evolve and uh, do, do something a little different, you know, especially when you look at that in comparison to nostalgia and the cookie thing. Like, you know, it was a, a lot. I think some people were kind of polarized in it and thought like, this is not nothing like what we remember from him. But I was trying to go for something different and new. And I was inspired by alternative new age rap at the time and uh you know blank is got a mixture of emotional songs that's uh that kind of get deep and talk about some of my inner struggles and shit and it's got some chopping and some fast like shit that appeals to more of a poppy elements and shit like that what's hip and then you know some of it is is a little deeper but but i want to go for maybe on the next project something that's even more progressive and try to follow the trends of you know what's alternative these days you know because i don't want to i don't want to rap like a rapper i want to rap like an alternative rapper that's trying to progress and show new sides of rap and shit like that and that's always been my ultimate goal is to make something that's more what do you think about this uh this new rap that we hear nowadays like um on the radio You don't? I don't listen to the radio. I don't know. And really? I don't listen to a lot okay. of rap, if I'm just going to be honest. I don't listen to a lot of rap. I, You know, I listen to... Uh, lately, I've been listening to Mavi. M-A-V-I. Mavi. And he's got some incredible, incredible, poetic, amazing shit. And he's got this new EP that came out a couple weeks ago called... Uh, end of the earth or it's like the end of earth or something like that and it's uh it's like a five song ep that's only like 14 minutes long and dude it's the best shit i've heard in fucking years dude it's amazing it's fucking amazing 
the poetry in it and the fucking beats are all lo-fi and it's just sick as fuck. And the last time I had that feeling when I listened to rap was when I listened to some rap songs by Earl Sweatshirt. And that whole album is just, it's just uh, because Earl did a complete 182 and, and changed it all up from what he originally started out as doing the kind of the Eminem kind of, abrasive rap type shit to going to this lo-fi kind of woozy flow with a little bit more wordplay as far as vocabulary and stuff like that and just a whole new like when i heard this stuff like this mavi and this new earl sweatshirt and shit i was just like god i wish i could be like that man so isolating and isolating too was my attempt to push it in a new direction and everything but i think what i'm doing now with with blank and uh with um mad bars is kind of going back to the roots a little bit of you know spitting fast and just trying to appeal to people more but i'm sure i'll get back to you know trying to make music that's a little more progressive and shit but i do think people are going to like blank and are going to think it's pretty epic especially yeah so like um for sure earl sweatshirt he definitely like he changed his style he he really did and um I remember, okay, so, like, I remember probably, I don't, I don't remember what year it was, but maybe 09, 2010, listening to um, Kendrick Lamar's um, Good Kid, Mad City. That And that whole album was... Right, yeah, amazing. It's like, man, it's, it was different at the time. And what's so amazing is all the interlaced it was a whole fucking dialogue. Movie. It's like it's a movie that you're watching. Yeah, it's like a. It's not an album. It's a fucking. It's a. It's cinematic. You know what I mean? Like there's a whole dialogues going on, and like they really, they really pushed it to the next level as far as making a CD that has a real concept behind it and shit. And I, I remember when I heard that CD when I was I was still in college. Um, I had gone to college yeah, for the second yeah, bro, congrats, and actually graduated yeah. that time. But I remember, <laughs> I remember when Good Kid, Mad City came out, though, dude, and I was jamming that shit constantly, man. Still I was like, dude, album. this is the best album I've heard in a long time, and that's how it is. That's how it is for me with rap, man. Is just you know, uh, like once in a blue moon, I'll come across an album that I'm just like. Now this is real rap because there's so much rap that sounds the same. And I love Drake and I like, I like fuck Drake. anybody that says fuck Drake because dude, Drake Driz, Drizzy's amazing, dude. Drizzy goes hard fucking. He's, he's got it, dude. He's fucking amazing. But, but, and I like that kind of rap, that more mainstream kind of rap. But what really gets me is the alternative type of shit like Kendrick's doing with, you know, all that interlaced dialogue and like making a real concept to an album and like really hitting every bar with purpose and everything. You know what I mean? Like that's that shit that hits me that I'm like, now this is how I want to rap. And I don't know if I've ever come across that way in anything I've ever done. Maybe I seem amateurish or whatever, but, but that's what I've always gone for is trying to sound like something like that. You have, know you I mean? Earl, of, have you ever heard of, have you ever heard of fucking Mavi, um, Kendrick, Nomadic? Oh, uh, oh yeah, of that's course. A, that's, that's one of the most influential album. fucking albums like I've ever heard. Album. That, and then... Front to back. A fucking yeah. absolute classic masterpiece, I don't dude. Think you, you get that nowadays. 
Where water wrap. Because it's all become this, it's all it just, I don't know, it's all become this lame thing now. But whenever you get real people coming out spitting real shit and uh, really talking about real shit, and that's what bothers me the most is about what I do is that I hate identifying as a rapper because I don't really have real shit to talk about. You know what I mean? And that's what isolating was about, was about me trying to spit about real shit, like real depression and bipolar and addiction and that's breakups and great grief two and shit like that about real stuff, you know? I liked, I loved it. I jammed that. Yeah. Time. Well, I'm glad you think that. I'm glad you think so, man. Because I felt like when I made them, I, people were going to think, like, we don't want to hear you talk about your fucking your struggles and shit. We just well, want to hear you fucking place spit for both bars, of them. dude. You know, you're, it's just your evolution as a human being. Do you like, um, right? You right. like Eminem's new album? The, uh, I want to get back. Uh, yeah, Side B. You like that one? Side B. Uh, I listened to it a little bit, but I have, I, I heard it like the day it came out and then like one other time. And I was like, I was like, it is what it is. Like I didn't jam it consistently or anything, but it's one of those things that I'll probably go back to months from now and be like, damn, I didn't appreciate this. Like I should have in right. the beginning, but I'm always like that. Me too. What about this, this Eminem cancel culture? Have you heard about it? What do you mean? Yeah, so like people are trying to cancel Eminem culture for um, and uh, that Rihanna song. I love the way you lie when he says, "I'm going to burn this house down." These new generation of kids are trying to like cancel him for that yeah. one line. I'm going to burn this house down. And I'm like, why? Why? What is burning? They're, a house they're trying to say just because he said he's going to burn him. the house down that. Uh, they should try to cancel him. All this, uh, all these new, uh, like, I don't know what what generation it is, Gen Z, maybe. I'm like, I'm like, man, mm. have you not heard of? Yeah, whatever it is, the original Marshall Mathers LP. Like, have you not heard Eminem spit in the nineties? So you're gonna try to take, you're gonna try to take down Eminem, and you're gonna base it around yeah. his lyrics. I'm going to burn Dude, this house down. Dude, he said <laughs> way more controversial shit than that. Come on. Like, everything he spits is controversial. I hope he continues to ride it out, weather the storm, and fucking never get canceled, dude, because people are pussies trying to cancel him. Fuck this younger generation and, and this bullshit they can, they fucking, you know, fuck this bullshit. It's stupid, dude. It's stupid. Don't try to take away what I grew up with because you're a fucking pussy and can't handle it and get offended by everything. Dude, Eminem's the fucking greatest rapper of all time, dude. Hands down, the greatest rapper of all time. And he was born for rap, dude. He's the GOAT, man. He's the fucking GOAT. It don't matter what his skin color is, none of that bullshit. It don't matter. He could be black, white, purple, green, a goddamn elephant, dude. The motherfucker is the best rapper of all time. And the first yeah, lyric of that song, he goes, I'm going to attempt to drown. <laughs> like, come on, dude. You can't. You... Yeah. It's like, how are you going to, how are you going to fuck with that? The dude is just, he's, he's great at everything 
there is about rap. And if you, I, you'd be remiss to try to say that Eminem is not the oh. greatest, if not one of the greatest rappers of all time. But, but you know, they always want to make it into a color argument and try to make it like, you know, you only think that because he's white or whatever. But you just, when it comes down to it, like, there's never been a better rapper. He's evolved throughout the years, you know, to suit what the industry wants to hear, but also keeping his own A lot of people want to say all he talks about is mm-hmm. uh, his childhood and, um, his mom being terrible to him but like man uh recovery helped me through a lot of shit in my life you know the show helped me through a dark time of my yeah life, you know so like yeah i'm always gonna uh, you, don't real. try to cancel eminem you motherfuckers <laughs> For real. you're trying to take down all my heroes man and that's how it is. That's how it is when you have a conservative mindset is that you, you don't want the things that you grew up with to fade into oblivion because, you know, this new culture is trying to push everything forward at such an advanced rate. But I'm not going to say I have any kind of affiliations with either side, but I don't want to see the people that inspired people, me growing up, right. you know, made out to be terrible people and shit. Yeah. Some of them are. Some of them are. Some of them deserve to get canceled. But get your shit Emin- together. <laughs> Eminem, come on, man, come on, man. The motherfucker did. Didn't he raise? Didn't he raise Kim's daughter and somebody else's daughter and fucking be a good dad and like? Yeah, there's good things about him, dude. I don't My know. next question. But anyway, okay, I got next question, motherfucker. This is not on any rap or anything like right. that. This is on. Okay, have you ever? You used to smoke cigarettes, right? Have you ever smoked a cigarette in mm-hmm. a drive-through while receiving your order of food? I mean, I'm sure I have. I don't, I don't remember an exact instance, but I'm sure I've done that when I was young, you rebellious <laughs> and stupid. But I'd never do it now. No. I wouldn't for do sure, it now. For sure, I know some it's people. It's just disrespectful. It. I'm like, why would you? Why would you even smoke a cigarette? Why you receiving food? No shit. Like you, can, you can't. You can't fucking take that long of a break from a fucking cigarette. But uh, hey, I fucking smoke my vape like no other dude. I hit the motherfucker. I, I've hit it 150 times You're just still on, in this 81 minutes of recording we've been doing. What? Oh, yeah. I don't smoke cigarettes. Occasionally, I'll smoke a cigarette and bum one from somebody. What's your flavor of choice? Generally, I just smoke this vape, man. Fruity shit. Right now, I'm smoking strawberry kiwi. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. I got a new vape, too, that's pretty lit. Got the rechargeable batteries for it and shit. You know. Oh yeah, you know, doing my thing. <laughs> Do you drink What's your milk next question? With dinner. Have you ever drank milk with dinner? Yeah. Have I ever drank milk with dinner? <laughs> only only if dinner was breakfast. <laughs>
Like, you know, fucking people make pancakes and shit for dinner sometimes. And it's like, we're having breakfast for dinner. Like, I probably <laughs> drink milk oh, then, I think that's trashy but... as fuck. Like, I, had, <laughs> yeah, that's I it. had someone tell me they drank milk with dinner with spaghetti. And I almost lost it. <laughs> yeah, dude. Milk and spaghetti? That sounds, <laughs> sounds fucking terrible, dude. Sounds Fucking terrible. No, I, I thought it was pretty awful. Why would you put yourself through Dude, that? It's fucking straight up garbage. <laughs> Do you brush me with another brown buster? Have I ever brushed my teeth in the shower? Absolutely. Thank God, dude. What do I look people... like? A fucking communist, dude? No. People do that. No, I've never brushed my teeth in the shower. People are fucking weird, man. Somebody that's listening to this, oh, when I it bet. comes out, brushes their teeth in the sad. fucking shower. And they need to take a giant fucking step back and fuck themselves it's, it's in their own ass. They try to tell me all that shit is weird, time. dude. Get the fuck out of here. No, it does not. <laughs> like, how big of a hurry? Like, dude, that's what pisses me off is these some of these people act like they've got so much to do in their life that they are always on the go and shit. That ain't me, motherfucker. I'm chilling most of the time. Make call me a lazy motherfucker, but I, I'm chilling most of the time. I'm not in a big enough hurry that yeah. I need to brush my teeth in the fucking shower, dude. I have a hard enough time fucking shaving my good, body and shit dude. while I'm in the shower, good, which good. takes a, a good 15 extra minutes. Then I'm not trying to fucking, you know, fucking brush my teeth while I'm in there. Yeah, no, I was fuck, like, fuck all they, that. They've dude. said like, oh yeah, I brush my teeth in the shower. It saves time. Like, dude. You need to find a new fucking hobby. <laughs> You're a weird motherfucker. No shit. You need to fucking get your shit together. There's this whole fucking Reddit thread, which I'll, I'll go ahead and advocate once more for Reddit porn. Are you still on the Reddit, Reddit porn, porn is where the fuck it's at, dude. You want to see anything... Reddit porn's where it's at, dude. If you if you're a dude like me that's single that doesn't do jack shit with his life and sits around all the time, Reddit porn is where it's at, man. Reddit porn is where it's at, and they got a whole fucking subreddit about people drinking wait, wait, wait. beer in the shower. The shower beer. So awesome. it's a bunch of chicks fucking taking self. What? Oh. Yeah, and so it's a whole subreddit of chicks taking selfies. Oh, okay in the shower while drinking a beer and shit and and it fucking it's hot but at the same time it makes me think like dude i am too old for that shit what? now it's i cannot imagine trying to drink a beer in the shower like god no 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 you got the hot yeah water i mean it used to me it used to be the greatest off. thing ever <laughs> dude do one dude, one day I, there's no one way beer. i could handle it's something like that anymore it's, it's great Yeah, I don't know. These chicks seem to think it's great, and it, and I get turned on by it. But fucking, I, I can't hang. I cannot hang. I'm not about to drink a beer in the shower. Like it's just, it's the same thing as brushing your teeth in the shower. To me, it's just something it's that doesn't. Jewish enough. It's not kosher. It Damn. doesn't vibe. Okay, you know? so next question is: yeah. Say you go to a mall. Very rare nowadays, right? 
You're in the mall food court. Mm. Right. What are you ordering? What are you getting? Mm-hmm. Well, I will tell you a story about how me, Wayne, and Tim used to be on a journey called Ballin' Outrageous. And uh, what we would do is go to the food courts at the malls and shit. And because we were living on the road and basically homeless, we would uh, just go by and get the free samples and live off of free samples. We'd just keep on... We'd keep on going through the mall Wait, and put wearing different clothes, clothes and uh, fucking getting samples over and over. Yeah. Uh, we're not friends no more. Oh, Fuck him. Ask Wayne about it sometimes, dude. Sometimes, dude. We we were just living on samples and shit. But if I'm going to the food court, dude, if there's a Burger King up in that bitch, that's what I'm getting. And I'm trying to get them Ooh. jalapeno chicken fries. I that knew they, they had jalapeno no chicken fries. They were a banger, dude. Them chicken fries were lit, especially them jalapeno ones, dude. They were off the chain, and somebody listening. See, I fucked with the uh, knows that that the shit chicken is lit. sandwich from Burger King. That's about it. I didn't know they had jalapeno chicken yeah. fries. Yeah. They used to. Straight up, they used to do, like and they a, were a, they were a hitter, dude. Beef and cheddar with the jalapeno in it. Hmm. Okay. Yes, sir. So good shit. Hmm. Hold on, let me think about it real quick. What you got for me, man? Oh, it was, there was something it was else the, we were uh, going to talk about. The, uh, but I forgot what it was. Uh, we got sidetracked earlier. Oh, see, me personally. I don't keep up with a lot of things that go on, man. I'm just one of them type of reclusive hermit type individuals. But I saw some kind I think of he link was on the that he tried podcast, to like, push uh, on me uh, of last week or two weeks ago. You know the whole story. Well, about what did he say? What was the, the story behind it? Underrated. I know all. Yeah, I know all that story. Yeah. And the listeners probably do too that he got accused by right. underage chicks of he had well, he, relations he with them or whatever. He came out on the podcast was, saying like yeah. he tried to apologize for it, saying he was sorry and all this. But then, like the next minute, he was like, "Man, I just be getting mad pussy still though." And I'm, and I'm just like, dude, that is not the time <laughs> for you to say that right now. That's baller. That's baller, though, dude. Fucking, I give him props for it, man. It's fucked up, but I give him props for it. That's baller, and it takes some nuts to fucking say something like that when you're under the gun already about some fucking sexual allegations and shit. But at the same time, at the same time, that I don't identify with that, but I find it baller. (laughs) Did you ever see the video? (laughs) I find it pretty Snapchats Snapchats could be recorded. Yes. Dude, he's yes. Like, what? I remember that. And his face just he just sinks. He just sinks and he's just like, Oh fuck. It's pretty great, man. I don't watch a lot of podcasts anymore, dude. King and the Sting is where it's at for me, and I've always watched that and always kept up with that. That's Theo Vaughn and Brendan Schaub. And it's good shit, man. And uh whenever Lil Brow submitted his uh rap submission to there, dude, it, it, it kinda lit a fire and I was like, What if I was to do this? But 
I've never wanted to be on a big platform like that. And I know that I know that if I submitted some shit like that, I'd be the next little browse, dude. But I, I just I've never been about that really. But uh King of the Sting used to be my shit, man. And uh I kinda take breaks from it because I'll watch all the episodes and then I'll sit there and for months at a time I'll just watch episodes over and over again. I've already seen and I'll burn myself out. All right, we back. We back. What's up? Say again. Who is little little Lil Brow? Is he he's a rapper? All right, so on King and the Sting, they had this segment where they accepted rap submissions from white rappers. And so, uh, oh, it's a great segment, dude. Yeah. And so they accepted all these, you know, fucking segments or, or like all these submissions or whatever. And they determined, like, they had a battle every month, every like week, they would have somebody challenge the champion to see who would be the best white rapper out of all of them. And it turned out to be this guy named Lil Browse. And Brendan Schaub gave him the nickname Lil Browse because the dude's brows are on point. And so, now this dude does fucking all kinds of he lives out in Encino in California and he he's been featured on King and the Sting and he's got like albums that have come out now and he's he's getting big off the whole shit. Right. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. All right, sorry, I was in the call. Uh we're gonna have to wrap this up before too long, but um but anyway, you got any other questions for me, dog? Uh, We're not in a huge hurry, but what you got? I'm trying to think of one that I had. I didn't. I don't think I had any more, actually. Well, shit. All right. Well, then I'm just going to go ahead and plug my shit. Uh, so if you're looking for more BST, um, stay and that's bullshit story time. Stay uh, following my socials and everything. It's coming before too long. I'm just trying to get in a good zone for the whole thing and try to bring you all some good, fresh content. I got a good story coming up that I already know about, about a stolen Pokemon card that we'll get into before too long. Ooh. Uh, when it comes to Mad Bars, y'all go check it out. It's Mad Bars by Auditory Hallucinations. It's on my YouTube. My YouTube is 7, the number 7. Spear, S-P-E-A-R, boy, B-O-Y, Spear Boy, Seven Spear Boy. So, you know, hop on my uh, YouTube. There's tons of shit on there. There's fucking acoustic videos abounding. There's plenty of those. There's uh, there's all kind, all my rap albums are on there. All my rap singles are on there. Everything you could ever find that I've done is on there. The bullshit story time's on there, everything. So y'all go check out my... Uh, my youtube you know if you got some time subscribe to it you know try to support it a little bit if you can i don't care if you watch one or two videos just being a subscriber you know helps helps me out you know um if you're uh if you're wanting more content from me man just keep up with my socials my facebook kyle matthew spear my instagram kyle double underscore spear um, I post all kinds of shit all the time. I've been posting playlists on uh, Spotify that I've made that got some really good content, and it, it really is a 
you know, deep look into the kind of music that inspires me and the things that I've enjoyed musically over the years. Um, you know, I'm always posting shit to my Facebook and Instagram story, you know, mostly selfies and shit. Cause I like looking at myself, uh, you know, uh, and I'm always putting music on my stories, you know, that's, that inspires me and that, that is hitting me at the moment. Uh, a lot of times I'm doing my own thing. I'm just hanging out at the apartment, hanging out, doing my thing. I'm one of those kind of reclusive individuals that keeps to myself, but it's always nice to feel like, you know, other people are interested in the things that I'm doing and, you know, give a fuck about me and shit. And I'm really grateful for the friends that I have that reach out to me every day. And then I talk to, you know, the people I get to see at work and shit's going good, man. Shit's going good with work. Shit's going good with, uh, you know, all my socials and all the, you know, creative shit I'm putting out. So y'all go follow me on shit and, you know, try to give me some love if you can. Definitely check out Mad Bars, man. I think that uh, anybody that hadn't heard it that hears this, you know, that it won't. you better go listen to that shit because it is dope. It's fucking dope. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, it's good shit. And it was we put a lot of hard work into it. We put our nose to the grindstone and really uh, tried to pump out some really good shit that y'all will like. So don't be sleeping on Brady because the motherfucker goes hard. And whenever you combine me and Brady javelin and B-Ray together. And you make auditory hallucinations, you you end up with some fucking fire shit, dude. And I've had a few people tell me, you know, since it came out that they think it's uh, great quality shit. And this is coming from, you know, musicians that know what they're talking about and shit. So check that out. Give it a listen. See what you think. Um, I'd be surprised if you thought it was lame. So, yeah. Yeah. Go subscribe to it. And uh, there you go. I'm definitely, definitely can't wait to hear more of uh your next album uh do you know what it's going to be called it's going to be called blank that's awesome it's going to be called blank it's (laughs) i fucking love it's seven underscores followed by a period and uh it's eight songs i got cover art ready for it i got single art ready for it i'm going to try to record a visual with uh the man Dalton Tizzy Red before too long and try to Dalton Tisdale. Dalton Tisdale. I'm gonna try to get a visual recorded for it, some kind of music video or something like that to try to, you know, set it off. I'm not trying to be any kind of stage musician. I'm not touring. I'm not doing any of that kind of shit. But if I can just be in the studio doing shit and putting shit out for y'all, then then I'm cool with that. So if you like anybody that listens to this, if you like the shit that I make and you enjoy it and you jam it and you show it to anybody or if you just enjoy it for a moment or you even give it a shot at all like it's appreciated 100 percent because uh i put a lot of myself into it you know i never expected to be a you know the rapping type or that that was going to be something i'd enjoy but i enjoy it tremendously and i enjoy nothing more than being able to put out shit that people turn around and tell me like hey we like that you know so if you like what you're hearing and shit holler at me man i'm not you you ain't gonna be feeding my ego too much or anything you're just gonna be making me feel good as a person for the fact that i'm not wasting my time with this shit you know what i mean so give me a shout and let me know what you think of what we're doing and uh columbus did bitch yeah show brady some love too because that motherfucker's the mastermind behind the you know the last several albums that i've done he's the one doing the mixing and mastering and really putting it out in the quality that it deserves to be and making my dreams a reality for sure. So much love to Brady, always one of my greatest friends that I'll ever have for sure. And, uh, 
That's Brady. That's Brady Spradlin. That's my boy, dude. Love him to death. Love all that he's done to help me make music and and hell yeah. So I'm just gonna keep on making material, bullshit story times, rap albums, fucking you know uh, playlists, all kinds of shit. So y'all just uh, stay tuned in on my social media and shit like that. You know, follow me, add me. Uh, you know, get get me on Snapchat. My Snapchat is Seven Spearboy, or no, it's Spearboy Seven Seven Eight Nine. Um, <laughs> hey, so get me on any of those platforms, man, and just check out what I got going on. I'm just uh out here trying to share my creativity with people. You know, I don't have any big aspirations to be some kind of superstar, but I, you know, I really enjoy the attention and you feeling creating is actually you know worth a fuck to somebody so anybody that thinks it's worth a fuck i really appreciate it man for sure it is worth the fuck tell you that much i appreciate that man well all right brother well i guess i'll let you go you gotta go yeah so uh thank you again of course man this is probably what the fourth time i had you on now yeah i can't wait for more man i'm glad to be back on this podcast dude i love doing it and i think it's amazing that a good friend of mine has something like this going on so i'm always a it's always a honor to be able to be able to do this kind of shit with you man hell yeah i hope you guys uh hope you guys listen and uh you better listen. Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, you better listen. Or you're getting, you you're getting fucking jack slapped in your jaw, motherfucker. <laughs> right in that motherfucker. <laughs> but yeah, dude, uh, you know, fucking hit me up to do this shit again before too long. Maybe whenever I release the next album a few months from now, we'll be able to, uh, you know, talk about that a little bit more and get into those kind of subjects yeah. and shit. But uh, well, I want to do it before you release the album while you're still in that mindset. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, yeah, it'll be dope. So, uh, all right, brother. Well, thank you for coming on. Uh, first podcast in a couple of months. You know, I, I've, I've been missing it, really. For sure, man. Don't don't and, stop. Uh, don't stop on it, dude. Get it. Get as many people as you can. I don't know if you've had Dalton on yet, but you need to get him. He told me that you asked I, him. I asked him, but uh, I just haven't had a set, a date, set a date yet for him to come on, but he's definitely going to come on soon. Well, study his music and study the kind of shit that he does. Follow him on social media. If anybody, you know, if anybody deserves it, it's fucking Dalton, man. And he gets so little attention, in my opinion, on social media and for the shit that he does that, dude, people are... Out of, are so cold. People are out of their <laughs> mind to think that Dalton's not a musician, man. Because if you saw this dude and the fucking dedication he puts into the shit he does, he's a fucking incredible human being, an incredible musician. He works hard, man. And uh, anybody that thinks that his shit is whack, you know, I'll fucking jack slap you right in your jaw because you're a bitch. <laughs> right in the fucking jaw. <laughs> right in the jaw because you're a bitch. You deserve to get slapped until you die. Anyway. Yeah, this shit's been real, man. It's it's always fun being on this, and I'm glad that you had me on here, dude. So thanks for letting me plug all my socials and shit like that, and hopefully somebody will listen to the album or follow me on something and, you know, try to keep up with what I got going on. Hell yeah, bro. It's been fun. So, all right, brother. Well, one last thing. When are you going to post this, bitch? Bro, it's going on probably tonight or tomorrow. Here. Put it on tonight because I'm ready to listen to it, man. <laughs> All right, brother. All right. It's good talking to you, Zach. I'll talk to you again soon, man. Don't ever call me that again. <laughs> All right, yeah. doobie. All right. Later, brother. Later.